You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hey, I'm so excited I get to talk to you guys about sevens today. We are so grateful to be able to do this deep dive on the type seven in the Enneagram with each other. And you know I'm a seven, so obviously a bit nervous about this, doing the big reveal. However, we've done that a lot before, and sevens love storytelling, so you've heard lots But I do want to make a caveat that as I've been sharing lately on the podcast, we're 22 times more likely to learn from stories. So I hope you appreciate the little stories we throw into our podcast. But also, if you're a seven listening, let's let those stories be increasingly teaching oriented. So anyway, so excited to just be all seven with you guys today so that you can be the best spouses and the best friends to sevens, and if you are a seven, that you can be the best spouse, friend, family member, etc. And just like with all the other types, there's really good reasons why sevens do the things they do. So we're going to give lots of grace, but also lots of interesting conversation with Jen and I in just a couple minutes here on the type seven. Really quick, I want to share two things. Don't forget to get the, the glow guide for your pairing type, but also the deep dive on type seven if you want more information, especially if you're just coming into it. And I also want to let you guys know that something you can pay attention to on this episode is the micro expressions a bit more of the seven. We'll get into that for the other types on other episodes, but being a seven, you can understand that sevens like to use a lot of enthusiasm and inflection in our tonality and that we often have a lot of bursts of energy. If you're a Gilmore Girls person, I'll just say it like this, Lorelai Gilmore-esque kinds of (laughs) run-ons a little bit. And that's just something about sevens is that that's how we roll in the world. And then we stop abruptly. And then we we see where the other person's at because we're just learning quite honestly about nonverbals and picking up on others' feelings and intuiting. And and so it's a process, but it's fun to see what each one does. And we'll get into that on others. But of course, I could tell you that today as a seven. And if you're on this podcast a lot, you know I do this. (laughs) So, So welcome to the same thing as usual, but also paying attention to that even as we're chatting. And now it's time for quotables. I'm excited to share that Robert Downey Jr. is the person I chose for type seven today. And whether he's in his Iron Man suit or he's actually just being Robert Downey Jr., his quotes are so seven, it's almost scary. So I love hearing this first one is, sometimes you gotta run before you can walk. And I think that that's a really good quote 
four sevens, one that they say a lot and not necessarily one that fits them as they get older and they start to get into sobriety more, which we'll talk about, but definitely sevens in young and middle years really love to run and to do things big and to do things hard. And so that's a really important quote for sevens. And then the second one is moving into that sobriety a little bit more. I love this quote from him where he says, there's somewhere you're supposed to go. And if you get quiet enough, you'll make it. So that's a great challenge quote for sevens is getting quiet, getting focused and going on with those beautiful dreams that we know you espouse. So love that Robert Downey Jr. can be that quirky Sherlock Holmes that I love so much in the Sherlock Holmes with him and Jude Law, as well as the Iron Man movies. I don't even talk about Marvel a lot, but that's a whole other side of my family that you. I hope you just assumed knowing I have a one, a six, and a nine in my family. My four and I are like, there's enough story and depth to that. And then those guys are just like, absolutely yes. This is funny, witty, and he's just hilarious. So I hope you guys love him and have. So that's a great reminder for us about sevens and and moving toward health. So let's get started as we talk about the Enneagram seven. Hi, Jen. Thanks so much for joining me for the podcast on seven today. Oh, I'm so excited because we're talking about sevens and we get to pick you apart today because you're a seven. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you knew this was coming after we got through one for you. So I did too. Exactly. I've stored up a lot of things to talk about. No, I'm just kidding. It's going to be wonderful. I love sevens. Oh my gosh. I'm so grateful. And you have a line to seven too. So we're going to talk about sevens and complementary types with sevens and just so much. So thank you so much for joining us today. Jen, what do you think we should get started on? Well, let's start out with the overview of the seven because seven is actually the Enneagram type that I've always wished that I was. And I thought I was for a really long time when I was in college, just because it's where I go to in health as one. And so I really thought I was a seven and I've always wanted to be a seven. So can you just tell everyone about a seven? Absolutely. And I love that seven is a type that a lot of people want to be. And yet one of the funniest hallmarks of being a seven or any type is once you know it's you, there's a little bit of a sense of doom and gloom and being found out. So, so that's the experience probably of the sevens listening, but to start out with what sevens are like at their best is sevens are a very talented type. I know the late Don Riso says that sevens may be the most talented of all the types in terms of potential and the, the fastest movements help them to pick up on any number of sensory experiences around them and integrate those inside of them at any given time. Um, Of course, when you have this kind of gift though, sometimes it can be, I pick up on things easy. I'm a jack of all trades and not really going deep with those things. So I think every seven listening or any spouse of a seven listening can, can attune with the fact that sevens can be very intelligent thinking types, very creative, but yet sometimes not take their calling as far as they could go. And it's, we can all picture that teacher saying your child has so much potential. And yet, though, mm-hmm. so it's so important that the seven know this about themselves, but not stop there, but say, how do I get focused? And of course, that's the whole Enneagram process is finding ways to use our various gifts and to really fine tune them and to go deep with them. Um, One of the other key features about sevens are that sevens really enjoy being enthusiastic and sharing and making others happy. 
and, and being in pleasure, but they also really do avoid emotions and they do some of their emotional processing on their own, especially the healthier they get, but they, they really do feel like one of their core issues is emotions will take me down unless it's happiness or joy, uh, deep emotions that are sad and melancholy are hard to sit with. And not only that, but they actually hurt and may kill me. And so it's a deep kind of, like I said, all anxiety, all of our core issues as all of the nine types are a basic, like, Hey, all anxiety is death. Anxiety, all survival is worried about that, but that's what it is for a seven in particular. It's being in all these emotions, I won't be able to do it. So there's a lot of holding up of plates and moving. Seven is a very moving type. And so when they can learn this, like, oh gosh, you know, you called me on the carpet. I don't like to sit with deep emotions. Um, and it's out of this fear that I won't be able to do it. It gives them some awareness. It gives them and their spouses a little bit of compassion because now they're like, okay, it's not just because I'm selfish. It's because I'm anxious. And most sevens do not know that about themselves. Can you relate to that at all? I definitely can relate to the anxiety as a one for sure. Mm -hmm. I can see that with a seven. And also I can see that with the scattered nature of a seven. I have a friend who I think is most definitely a seven and the scattered nature of what you were talking about, um, moving very quickly from one thing to the next and maybe not focusing and finish. And that can also come out in an anxiety, right? Right. Because sevens are afraid of endings and and what's next. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of okay, what's next? I want to keep going because endings bring emotion and sadness. And once again, we won't be able to do that. So if you're not really processing as a seven and not allowing yourself times of lament and depths, which is very easy to do as a seven because of the abundance of energy, then you can really avoid it for not only days, but years and go into kind of a bipolar tailspin where you're up way too high and then crashing way too low in anger and exhaustion. So it's, it's definitely going to present as holding lots of plates in lots of different places and also being afraid to say no to people because the desire is to bring happiness only. So it's, oh my gosh, you're my sunshine friend. We hear that a lot of sevens. You're the one who brings me up. And so there's a sense we have that's very wry on the other side is a lot of people don't know their seven deep down. And there's a lot more pain and depression in the life of a seven than people realize. Um, they don't want to be just the jester. Uh, and yet people are like, but that's who you are. You're light, funny, fun. So if you're a seven listening or a spouse of a seven, one of the most fascinating parts about marriage research is knowing that you know people in our lives and our spouses, they play off of the joy. So we have to work together to bring the seven back to healing because they, they're such an extroverted others oriented type. Uh, they just, and by that, I mean, they really do like being with other people in general when other people and they themselves can kind of come back down and realize sobriety is really important. And, and by that, we'll talk in a minute when we get into vices and virtues and things, um, it really just coming back and being still is something that Jen wants her friend to do. And you probably want your seven spouse to be able to do, but it's going to be a team effort, like with everything else in family systems. And I think it's also really sad that the seven needs to feel like they have to always be fun and always be on and they can't be, you know, just relaxed or calm. And so I think that's a lot of pressure that some people might put on their sevens. And I like what you said about giving them that space to be able to, you know, get into their emotions. And it's okay if they need to rest or be melancholy and not always be on and telling jokes. And I think that's a great thing for spouses to know, but also even in friendships that we don't always need the sevens to be on. 
Mm-hmm. And I like what you, what you were saying about the seven, being able to be still. And I know we will talk more about that when we talk about arrows. Yes. Yes. But I love that you bring that up because being an anxious type who isn't really aware of their anxiety, um, sevens could kind of just, it's fine if they don't want to be aware of it, but they need to do something about it. Um, because we can't force people. We can't just go to people. You're anxious, you know, like that's rude. And you don't want to just put that onto somebody who's afraid of negative energy. But what you can say is I see you doing all this stimming or kind of running and what can we do about this? And we talked about a lot of stimming when we had our sensory integration episode in season three, and you can go back to that. If you want to learn more, that was with Beth and she's an Enneagram one, but what I really want sevens in their families to know is if you can do some of your processing while moving, that does give the chance for the seven to kind of process through some of that anxiety is being treated while you're doing, for instance, Wes and I's date night last night, we did our walk and talk. We're in conflict month on the podcast right now and walking it out was so good and therapeutic for both of us. But being still and expecting a seven to stay still and do all the things happening in life as well as keeping themselves not moving, it's almost like you'd have to knock them out, which is why as we talk about the uh, vice of the seven, it's gluttony because sevens try to treat their anxiety with gluttony. Yes, completely. And I loved what you said about movement to work through things, especially in conflict. I think that can be useful for all types, but especially, you know, um, sevens and their anxiety and also body types, eights, Mm -hmm. nines, and ones, it's very useful for them to have some movement when working through really anything or just to get into their thoughts better. So that's useful that you say that it's good for sevens who are thinking types to be able to move um, because it helps to lessen their anxiety. And so that's very useful for me as a body type, um, knowing that and having that line to seven, because when I'm in movement, uh, I just, I think better, I can understand things better and I don't get so anxious. Whereas last night, it's funny that you say that my (laughs) husband and I had a chat and we were sitting on the couch Mm -hmm. and I found myself fidgeting. I was like, kind of like tapping my leg and we were having a normal Mm. conversation, actually planning a trip for next week. And it wasn't even anxious. There was no conflict, but I was just like having trouble sitting still. And after a little bit, I said, can we just like stand up and have this conversation in the kitchen? He was like, why? I'm like, I'm just feeling anxious, which as a three, he doesn't understand. So I think that's a useful tip for people to kind of start to realize about themselves, whether if they're just in movement, they're going to feel a lot better and maybe better able to think through things. Exactly. And anyone with a complementary type to seven is going to have that. So ones, fives, Mm -hmm. sixes, eights, and you're going to also see that in other types that may say, gosh, I don't have a direct line to seven, but I have this in my tri-type where maybe they've kind of said, I know who I am in the heart triad, the head triad and the body triad. So if you have any relationship to seven movement is helpful. But if you are a seven, it's still helpful. And yet, and yet comes in with, when I say we like gluttony last night, Wes and I, we were walking this bridge and he's like, I thought I was introducing you to this bridge. And I'm like, oh no, Anne Marie and I walk here sometimes. And this other friend, and he's like laughing because sevens love discovering and exploring. I'm like, I've already like been here, done this. It like, I'm just here because I love walking. (laughs) He was like, I thought I was taking you for a sunset trip. Um, But then we walked so long and I said, are we going to keep going? And he was like, I don't know. And I was like, 
okay, well, how about we do at least to the end of the bridge and we come back once. And then afterwards he was like, I didn't know you were going to bring me on such a long walk. And I said, well, my friends and I usually do that two or three times fast. Um, and so it's funny because sevens tend to walk fast. And even somebody mm-hmm. visiting my kid's godmother this weekend said, I'm a fast walker, Krista, but you're even way faster than me. But it's this gluttony. We don't always have a sense for I'm overdoing. So when I hear this from people, that was actually me compromising with Wes is would only only walk the bridge once. Um, and because we are anxious and maybe don't realize it, even those of us who do like me, we just enjoy that experience. The gluttony helps us to feel self-soothed. So um, there's a lot more to this. We also often have an oral fixation. So we like eating and some of us do gluttonous things with eating or addictive behaviors like alcohol. So it's really important that we understand that at our gluttonous place, we think that that's, what's going to help us. When we talk Jen and I about, and we'll just talk about it now, the vices and the virtues, the virtue or passion, you can call it, or sin of the seven being gluttony. It, it really does help to self-soothe, but we overdo it. So we have to be aware that when we enjoy these experiences, we have to come back to rest. And you guys have heard me talk, talk a lot about this on the podcast, right, Jen? Oh, yes. And that actually brings up a fantastic point that I just realized about myself is I have an obsession with my step count on my watch. And mm-hmm. I've never thought of it as being gluttonous. I thought it was just my strive to like exercise and be healthier. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, oh, my gosh, that is me being gluttonous and trying to, you know, constantly move more. And maybe that's an avoidance tactic. So I'm gonna have to think through that. So thank you for bringing that up. But um, yeah, I want you to go more into the vice with Um, the gluttony. And also maybe you can talk to us a little bit more about um, the virtue so we can know how to balance that as a seven. Yes. So when we're anxious, like I said, kind of always as a thinking type, but unaware of it, we just, we just really want to allow ourselves the freedom to explore. And like I said, we don't want to be constrained by emotions we think will kind of get us and kill us. Um, And this goes very deep. And when we get into origins, we'll talk about the why here, but for now, it's just good for you to know because sevens are multi-talented. There's like, Oh, I'm good at acting. So I'll do that. Or I'm good at writing, or I'm, I'm good at piano playing or clarinet or tennis or skiing. And, And I'm saying things that I like to do, but honestly, most sevens like all these things. And you can even see it in books, um, running. I know I took jogging for college classes, ballroom dancing, anything active in addition to double majoring and working 32 hours a week and running five miles a day before class. It's like when a seven is in their kind of twenties, a lot of times they don't realize this gluttony or, or overdoing is exhausting because like the Robert Downey Jr. quote at the beginning of this episode and, and kind of how you see Iron Man running their life, his life um, is, you know, I do my own thing and I tinker behind the scenes, but I also love the stage. I love to have this big presence and I don't realize that it could cost me my life if I overdo. So it's just an awareness that will help, as you said, like the virtue of the seven is realizing sobriety 
will be okay for you and more than okay, it won't kill you. It will save your life because you can't overdo everything. You have to finish things and your focus will be so beautiful and coming down off of things. Um, the Bible says a man of too many friends comes to ruin. It's an old proverb that I think is very practical for the sevens to listen to. And sevens are a very practical type. So when we say this to you guys, it's just a reminder that uh, you do need to come down and you are going to lose friends because there are a lot of people who are in your life because you're fun and sunshiny. But those people are wonderful in other ways. They can find other people if they can't handle you at your normal level too. And that's an important thing that's going to take some tweaking and journeying together. I don't want you to cut people off because, especially a spouse, because a, I know sevens don't want to lose. They, they love a new shiny object, collecting friends, collecting, uh, even romantic relationships. So it's, it's, you don't want to toss people out just because they're watching you change, but as you shift into sobriety, make sure that you're also letting people know this is the process I'm in. And I think that they will understand and respect you more. If you don't just kind of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and totally disappear from the social scene. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. I love what you said about that virtue though, of sobriety and just thinking about sobriety in all areas. So mm -hmm. when I think sobriety, I immediately think, you know, alcohol or drugs or food, but I think we need to think about it in all areas and the moderation and the balance is key for a seven and then key for anyone who has lines to seven. Mm -hmm. So good thing to remember. Yes, absolutely. So we'll talk about that when we get to marriage tips on what we can do for sobriety, but the fixation of seven is planning all these fun things. And so we've got our gluttony going and now we've got this, you know, like all thinking types, we want to be the planners. So if anyone tries to make plans with us, we're like, hang on, I have to plan for my life because nobody else is going to help me. And that's a very big piece for you to know about sevens is I have to do it all. So therefore I can't integrate anybody else's ideas or plans in. So we can be overly aggressive and assertive thinking no one's going to help me. So the seven has to take some faith to believe, okay, I can trust others and I am going to trust others as I kind of come down from holding everything up. And the ones who are meant to be in my circle will be here and will love me through this transition and this change. Okay. Very good. That's excellent. So now can you tell us a little bit more about the defense mechanism of a seven? Yes, absolutely. So what happens with people is that they go to a very specific rationalization defense mechanism. If you listen to the late Don Riso, like I do, I love his book, Personality Types. It's just so deep. It really helps you to see that 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 whole bipolar up and down and up and down can be a huge part of their defense mechanism uh, of facing that middle, that scary center. But also what's really important is the rationalization of a seven is this. I'm going to make everything positive. And of course, when I was going through grad school, uh, the person who was training me was a cognitive behavioral therapist. And th that's full of rationalization. So I remember still when I did, it now makes sense that when I did that training, he said, I have absolutely no corrections for you on how you administer CBT, because that's all I was doing my whole life was making rationalizations for everything. So sevens are experts at doing this, but luckily we have a bunch of different forms of therapy and coaching where we actually need other forms too, because sevens don't really do the deep work a lot of the time, unless they know about it. They just kind of say, oh, okay, I had a negative thought. I'm going to replace it with an automatic positive thought. And that's what cognitive behavioral therapy really does at its best. There's a lot of 
of amazing science about optimism and positivity for both marriage research and research at large about avoiding depression and anxiety. So we don't want to take away, just like with a type one, we don't want to say, gosh, your gifts of knowing right and wrong. Don't worry about that. Everything is serenity. Nothing's bad out there. And it's like, here we have a war. So it's like, we have to admit, just like with the one, sometimes we do need a correction. Sometimes with the seven, we do need a positive reframe, but the rationalization goes too far into I'll never face the pain. And once again, we come back to, but I'm doing this because I don't really know how to sit with the anxiety. And I'm also afraid others are going to leave me if I do choose to sit with it. So it's a very collective process with the seven and their people, because again, sevens are a very extroverted type. So they'll probably never do that work unless they feel like, man, I've got my support team around me, which means their spouse can say, all right, I'm going to give you some time to reflect and to come down so that you can have that space. And I've had to really learn to carve that out with Wes. And it's been a process because he shares a line to seven. So he's very comfortable with me in the seven space most of the time. And he has a more natural line to feelings. The other particular here, as we talk about the defense mechanism is that while most types have a direct line to a feelings type out of all nine types, seven is the only one who who doesn't have a direct line to feelings. And when I say line, I mean, if you look at the Enneagram map, you see the symbol and the arrows and the wings, and we just don't have any feelings type um, indicators there. It makes us good helpers and therapists because I just had, for instance, a friend who lost her adult son in a tragic accident. She stayed with us this weekend. And the minute she saw me and the minute she left this morning, she was able to burst in tears and And the reason she came is she's like, I know I'm going to get huge hugs from you and we're going to have a good time and you're going to let me cry. And I think what probably was unspoken for her is she knew I wasn't going to be crying with her, but just being a joyful person for her. Um, And so we just don't have a direct line to feelings. And so we can be very rational, helpful, joyful people, but we have to access feelings because this big rain cloud sits atop of us. And if we don't, we're going to implode in some way, shape or form. As I'm sure, Jen, you know, sevens can do when you think about even Robert Downey Jr. sharing publicly, we remember his backstory of addiction. So there, there's this backdoor quality that really sevens have to address of when the day is done and I'm bored or I'm sitting here with, yeah, I could use my boredom to be creative. What can I do instead? And that's going to be going into feelings. We'll talk about that later. Okay. I get that. Very good. So I think it'll be useful when we talk about that, especially when we talk about arrows. So can you tell us a little bit more about the ideology of the seven? Yes. So sevens typically had an experience with a mother or nurturing figure who is absent for a time. And and there's where you get the whole, I have to do everything on my own because there was a history where that defense mechanism was very helpful for them and it worked for them. So being positive and sunshiny got them a lot of giftings, even as an intelligent type sometimes, because a lot of the times the seven wasn't prized for being intelligent. And so for me, I often tell the story on this podcast that I remember we were going to get pizza hut book it rewards for reading books. And I just kept, that was my family's styles. We all read books and all the time, every day, nonstop. That was just a family lifestyle for us. And so when I had read so many books, it was serving the gluttony because I could get pizza, but also I was just like, I'm already reading. So remember at 175, when I had gotten to reading that many books, I remember that it was getting to be way too far ahead of the other kids. And I said, socially being an extroverted type, 
this is not earning me favors. It's making me feel very unpopular. So I quit sharing that I was reading and I, and I imploded that. And that's what we did as sevens. And some of you listening may still do this is kind of hide that you're intelligent because you know, it might lose you friends to be talented. Um, I can also remember my middle school band teachers chasing me down the bleachers to get back into band. And I was like, absolutely not. That's not going to earn me any favors in the next years. And so it's running literally sometimes running from your talents and pursuits because you know, it's going to isolate you and you're an extroverted type. So I think it's really important that sevens remember the ideology is feeling like they would not be supported, but then understanding that that was only in the past. And now, as you can see, even from my stories of middle school, people were starting to support me and come around me and that kept increasing. And so your confidence can build once you find safe community who values your gifts and doesn't just see you as a jester, but really wants to invite you in talents and all, and, and will celebrate you more with those talents. So um, my word to those sevens is, you know, whether you had a mom like I did with schizophrenia who had to be taken to a mental hospital or like many people, uh, a mom who was ill in another way, or just, I heard from a seven recently whose mom was busy working 50 hours a week and there was just no nurture. Understand that you have developed the ability to nurture yourself in a lot of beautiful ways. But one of the best ways you can nurture yourself is by letting yourself face the emotions that will actually deepen and enrich your gifts and your focus and allow you to be super creative and innovative. Oh, that's beautiful. And I think that's great advice for sevens. And I hate that you had to hide those gifts, but that makes a lot of sense now. And I think um, if people can get past that, like you just said, then it allows them to really be who they truly are and for others to appreciate them in the ways that they're different from them. Exactly. We need all the different gifts because we like coaching as sevens, right? We want to just kind of move forward, but you've got to go backwards and stay present also. And that's just super hard for us. So lots of deep breaths, lots of rest times, and we'll definitely have more time to talk about this in tips in a few moments, but thank you for asking Jen. Okay. I like that. I think it brings us back to the core of a seven, which is very useful there. And so now that we've talked all about the basics of a seven, can you tell, tell us a little bit about each subtype? Absolutely. So talking about the sexual seven allows us to see the seven who is innovative and creative and knows that they are and likes to put all those dreams out there and plans. But sometimes they forget to, like you said, really finish the plan because there's so many new dreams coming in all the time. So this is a seven whose spouse may say like, I love your ideals. You're such an idealist and, and they are, and you're such a future thinker and they are, but we need to put some legs on this. And it's a beautiful process. We had a seven and a three on the podcast and the three said, I help to ground the seven and give them some, some tethering and the five, seven pairing does this well. But if this isn't your pairing, just remember either spouse listening, this is an important piece for this seven is to find somebody who can stay with them, tether them a bit, and then they can actually start building maybe one or two of those dreams instead of all of them so that they can get focused and financially set and realize Pleasures are important, but besides the daydreaming, what kind of daily work are you doing that is restful? And when I say restful, I mean, they could be sitting sometimes and focusing and researching or even napping a bit in between because this seven and all sevens do believe in practicality and work and doing it all on their own. Um, and that just can be very flighty for other people to watch this process of all you do is work for yourself. All you do is dream 
what about the rest of us? And what about rest so that Jen doesn't experience that scattering feeling that a lot of people experience around sevens, as she mentioned earlier. So that seven could really reflect on that amount of scattering. Um, The social seven can be very scattered in terms of they're very good at helping others and understanding, like I said earlier, like making other people happy. And I asked a seven recently in coaching, you know, what makes you happy? What makes you feel fulfilled and joyful? And they, they answered me. I don't know. I just work on that for others. And so that's beautiful, but it exhausts you. And so, um, and the sad thing is even after all the work you're doing for others, people are still not taking you seriously. If you're never pausing, never reflecting, never getting actual self-care. And when I say actual self-care, I mean, not just movement-based self-care that's good. That's important, but it's in moderation. Um, and, and that's why even I was walking with my husband last night versus running, frankly. So it's going to look different for everybody. Um, and that social seven also really is a beautiful type in the way that they do care. And they're not quite so self-focused. They have a sense for helping other people and they can be very two-ish in that way will, will be a blessing. And that's true. So I hope the other two types of sevens can also realize that helping others does take some faith because it's again, that faith of trusting you will be taken care of too. And even more so if you let go of all the gluttony Uh, and it's just realizing just rest though. And then lastly, the self-preserving seven often looks very six-ish or five-ish because they're doing a lot of connecting with people in quieter ways, um, gathering materials, maybe saving money more, um, checking in with them about where they've lost trust is important with the seven. If you're a spouse of the seven, uh, what made you so skeptical of people and made you think that you had to gather all these resources, that's a great place to have some open, curious conversations together. And then also with the seven to be be able to laugh about it, but also move out of so much self-preserving. I know Wes and I were, again, uh, just it's so fresh in my mind, this story that as we were walking last night, I had my tea in my hand and I had a, a coat on and I said, we're lucky I don't have a bag of food besides right now, because this is a seven who really needs a bit more faith in realizing I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be taken care of even if I let go. So I told him when I take my sunglasses off, when I take a layer of the coat off, when I drop a bag of food, like this is me trying to be in faith here that, you know, I'm not stuck in trauma and we all have different levels of that. That may sound extreme to some of you, but for some, it's like I saved tons of money or I have a million friends in case anything ever happens to me. So there's lots of ways of protecting and self-protecting that any type of personality or seven or person with a, a, uh, like you said, Jen, a line to seven might find themselves doing here. So it's just important to remember to give and share with others and to have some faith that that's going to that's going to help you to to share with others. And that also not just preserving in ways of gathering information or things, but also preserving by resting because some self-pres types, even still being self-pres types don't rest well. And I like what you said earlier about the resting for your type and see what, you know, makes a difference. It actually feels restful to you. Mm -hmm. So for me, reading is very restful. I know for other people, that's like a chore or homework and they hate doing it, but that's, you know, you need to find your specific type of rest. And I know for you, you Mm -hmm. like to take micro naps in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine doing that because I think it might make me more tired. So everyone needs to find their own type of rest that actually does make 
make them feel rejuvenated and not numbing out or kind of falling asleep or shutting down. So what actually makes them feel restful and then doing those behaviors. And I love that reading really is restful for you because I do a lot of reading and it's very restful, but what is even more restful is allowing my mind to quiet and not researching and just like literally maybe counting inside my head or just picturing a word like rest and just repeating it, taking deep breaths. Um, sometimes I allow myself to know if I really rested, I might've drooled a little bit. I know that's gross, but <laughs> it's like, you know, even 60 seconds. And that might sound so ridiculously minimal for like a nine listening. But like you said, Jen, some people just aren't comfortable with getting shut eye. Um, And I know until I was 33, I never did. But at that age, it was just time. It was just time to say, you know what? Like I, I am allowed to rest. And having grown up with a Croatian grandmother who said rest was not going to work and she would come in and kind of say, sorry, this didn't work for me in the depression. Like this isn't going to work for you. She was kind of just hanging on to an old behavior that she knew had helped her to survive. It was very loving, but it really didn't help me to know what to do. So I don't like the naps, but they work and they give me a lot of power and energy for the rest of the day. So it's, it's been neat to see, you know, just like Jen said, I love the tweaking. Yes, I think all of us need to do that little bit of tweaking. And I think as we, you know, change and grow, constantly be paying attention to if our rest is working for us anymore. And me, I used to love to watch like a guilty pleasure TV show. That's not restful to me anymore. So I had to modify it, but I know a hot bath is very restful. And so I prioritize that more than anything else some days. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. And that's what I do too. A hot bath every night and tea also every day. And I don't put sugar or caffeine in it. Um, I also love vitamin C. I and I'm like vitamin Krista, vitamin C, but like (laughs) I love C because it's natural energy versus just, you know, like like we said, those high highs, low lows. It's kind of learning to pace yourself through the day. Um but I know we're just like having so much fun. We want to make sure we cover wings with you guys. And is there anything else before we get to wings that we want to make sure we cover Jen? We definitely want to go into arrows. So I think either order of those would be great wings and arrows. And then we can go through tips before we wrap up. Okay, perfect. So I just want to let you guys know with the wings, I really want to make sure you guys know going to six is the first stop for a six, seven, because it allows you to plan and to say, This is the healthy planning. I'm going to prepare and plan for my day versus everything spontaneous and overly planning. I'm going to avoid that too. And now I'm going to move into faith. The virtue of the six is faith over to eight. And now I have more power and authority and people respect me more. So I'm not just this jovial person who can't be taken seriously. And so we really want to remember that that's a huge growth piece for any seven is to be able to say, you know, I have enough energy because I have rested and I have prepared well. Um, but I'm also not holding on to those plans overly because remember that fixation of planning. We just also say, okay, whatever God's plans are better than mine. And now I head into this eight and now I can perform well with power. And then with the arrows, it's important seven know that their journey looks like typically going to five first to research, to rest, to get into some actual heart, because as you guys know, fives can do heart work, but it takes time. And it's just giving the time going into the heart, feeling the deep feelings and allowing themselves to mourn, to lament 
and to admit what's not going well. And it's, you can picture the 12 step group, you know, really admitting, I can't do this all on my own. I do need God. I do need to release and I can get sober here. And they may even need addictions groups to do this piece, but this research space for them of researching their feelings and then getting to research their creative minds. And as Jen said, opening up to their gifts of intelligence is a beautiful space because now we have new inventions. We have so many cool things coming out of the seven that are respectful and not just light. And then we move into the one arrow where we can get organized for ourselves. And I like to make sure I spend at least one day a week getting some rest, but also some organization in the one space to be able to say, what do I need to make sure of? How can I schedule? Um, and, and that's very important that a seven know that they could piston or ping pong between the one and the five and kind of miss the other one. So make sure you do the full circle. I've seen a lot of sevens living in their one space and they can be in a bad way, overly critical after they've been spinning all these wheels. Now they're mean. Uh, they've been in the five space. Like I get so long that it's like, come on, you got to come out of research. Um, you got to be back with people again. I know you learned how to do this, but come back out. So those are important places. And now we can talk a little bit about just a few more marriage tips. Yeah, that sounds great. I think everyone wants to know how to best get along with their seven or how to be a seven in marriage. Yeah. So I think that first of all, the seven has to realize that uh, the shiny object around is not what you want to do when you're thinking about, Hey, I've committed, I've had my runaway bride or, or groom kind of moments, maybe before marriage, but in marriage, I need to kind of just be laser focused. And so just focus on what's next focus on today. Um, but don't go too far ahead because each day you'll make the decisions you need to make to have a healthy life for you. That said, every single day, a healthy life looks like you pouring into your spouse, not just yourself for self-preservation, no matter what kind of seven you are or thinking type looks like you um, listening to your spouse when they have something to say and really trying to take deep breaths and maybe do some healthy stimming like walking or finding a fidget spinner or something that can help you to focus. A lot of people are finding so many different types of um, stimming tools. You can even look them up online now, and there's a ton for you to choose from, but it looks like being off the stage sometimes, like we said, with the three, just kind of like last week I volunteered for theater and I was just a quiet person in the back who was helping a little bit here and there, making sure that you just allow yourself these times. Um, also helpful in marriage is to know that sevens learn by stories and vivid examples. In fact, most of the world does. So it's important to both use those when communicating to your spouse, that's a seven, as well as to know that's how they talk. And you might say, why are you going in the circular way? Or why are you going so big picture? Because they are big picture people. But taking some time to address the details in a linear way might be helpful to some of the spouses of sevens. So it's also important the seven understand we can't just stay in these high heavenward ideals. They're in the high ideal triad like fours and ones. And so they have to come back and be grounded into material life. What's going to get us from here to there. And some sevens are good at this. Others aren't. So if you're not good at this, take it slow and try to give them little tips and tools as they go along. I think it's so important that you've said about taking care of yourself that all types need to remember that is, you know, self-care for themselves and sevens 
also their partner be an accountability partner sometimes and just telling them, you know, you're not taking care of yourself or here's what you can do to take care of yourself. Just encouraging them, I think is important for sevens who just might have trouble slowing down sometimes. Absolutely. And it's a lifelong process. Wes still tells me most nights time for you to wrap up and go to bed. And so it's, you know, it's his loving little way and he knows not to be mean about it, but he just like, Hey, you know, like, are you done reading yet? And so I just kind of, I take that as not a criticism, but he loves me. He cares about me and he knows mm-hmm. I could read and research all night and that wouldn't be good for us. But there also has to be an inner parent that we integrate. I know that anyway, but like, I appreciate it because sometimes I am stealing in a few extra minutes that really I would do better with resting in. So it's nice to have a spouse kind of lean in in a gentle way, but sevens really don't like those big feelings. Even if we do take the daily time, like I do to spend in feelings, it's a natural process that we're not going to want them. So when a spouse has an issue and a conflict to bring up, like I said, do a walk and talk, um, do it over a meal. Like Suzanne Stabile said, where you just really enjoy a quick minute to talk it out like 10 minutes while you're eating a burger and then go back to something light. We also like the sandwich method where you give us something positive. Then we talk about what's not going so well. And then we come back around to what's positive. So it's important that you both work with us in our certain routes we like, as well as challenge us in the routes that could be ahead of us, but try to do that with some freedom because sevens have been constrained in probably some traumatic ways before. So it's important. You remember, like give them choices, treat them like an adult, not a child and compromise versus control. Yes. And also since the seven has the arrow and the line to one, they have some level of inner critic. I don't know how strong yours is, but you definitely don't want a spouse coming along or anyone coming along and giving you any criticism. Um, we not, no one wants that, but I think it can be hard for anyone has, who has a line to one. And so I think it's useful that you say to come gently and to sandwich it with compliments on the other end and just to show the care and to do it in such a kind, gentle way that, um, the seven wants to go into that restful space and to slow down. Mm, I think there's a lot of sevens who have a little tear emoji going right now because of you saying that. Thank you so much for bringing that in. That is just such a beautiful way to end because yeah, we really want to remember sevens do have an inner critic and we don't know how big or little it is for each of them, but it could be raging monstrous and awful, but it could be just, you know, even some of the sevens may have shut it off so much that they need just a little tweak. Like, okay, you actually need a little bit of an inner critic. You're not that amazing. Like you are amazing, but you've got to come down off your cloud. So check in with your seven and say like, where is the inner critic for you right now? How do you like to approach conflict? It has to be approached. We know this about marriage, even though they're in the positivity group with twos and nines. You guys, we all have been doing conflict study this month in marriage. Whenever you're listening, we've been studying it in March, 2022, and uh, research is showing us we have to talk about it. So figure it out together. Sevens will love to figure it out. That's what they love to do. And problem solving is their best gift when they're healthy. So I wish you guys the very best. Thank you, Jen, so much for reminding us of all the lines of connection between sevens and other types so that others can learn what to do with their seven wing and arrow as well. Oh, it certainly was my pleasure. And for me, it's actually just such a great reminder since I have a line to seven and it's helpful for me to hear these things because I, I need to move into seven, but I also need to come back to my one and I need to move to my four. So it's helpful to kind of have this refresher. So I hope this also helps our ones and our fours. 
Me too. And I hope that everyone will check out our deep dive guides that we made. There's just so much more in the PDF version, but once again, you can go to podcasts, you can go to the guide, but I haven't said this for, to any of the other types. I also want you sevens to just sit with the information that we've shared today so that you can just be with it and learn from it. And I wish you guys the best. I'm doing the work with you. Yes, we are definitely doing the work with you. Thank you so much, Krista, for putting that all out there. Thank you so much, Jen, for being here and for you guys too. I will talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye everyone. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to that wonderful time with Jen. She really always adds so much to our journeys and our learning. I always am so grateful and for her grace that she gives me even on the episode, which was unearthing some of the harder parts about seven, but thanks for sticking with us guys in this growth process. We so appreciate you. Thanks for just chatting Marvel with me at the beginning of this episode. The fam and I want to do a family episode where we talk all through Marvel and any typing for fun sometime. But if you like like that that blend of fun and serious make sure you continue to check out all of our episodes we bring lots of couples on we have a lot of experts on from some of the most major organizations and world-renowned speakers come on so we're just grateful for the Enneagram and Marriage podcast if you're a future thinker like me don't forget to go back we need to look at what we missed too and don't forget to grab the deep dive guides if you also need more tools okay EnneagramandMarriage.com. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as EnneagramandMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.